Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Nows in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. New Hopkins of Titan? Mike Vrabel is allergic to tanking. Here comes a sneaky AFC South crown. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the organizer of the NFL running back's picket line. And joining me as always is AJ Meep Meep Marchese. <laughs> that is my middle name, Rob. Today we'll be continuing our 2024 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with the American Athletic Conference. And I spoke with UTSA All-Conference receiver DeCorian Clark. Let's hit it. Seven. Seven. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by the Seattle Mariners team store selling Blue Jays apparel. Come on down to Seattle if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan. We've got everything you need. Vlad Guerrero jerseys. Blue Jay Foam Fingers. Hey, even if we run out of Jay stuff, the Mariners are kind of the same color. So you can just buy some Mariner stuff. Come on down to Seattle and we'll hook you up with the best and brightest Toronto Blue Jays gear. Okay, AJ, speaking of Seattle, the AAC uh, covers all of America. Mm-hmm. Except uh, any anything on the West Coast. <laughs> It's still all of America, Rob. Uh, they're getting there. I mean, with the expansion, you, you, sometimes you forget who's even in this uh, in this conference anymore. Oh, sometimes you do, like like multiple times. <laughs> Not me though. I'm well. I'm. You're well versed. Yeah, well versed in it, in the AAC specifically. I don't know who's in any, in any of the other conferences, but I do know that FAU is now in the AAC, as is North Texas for some reason. And of course, UAB and UTSA, the only teams who could win the Conference USA. So that's good. That's good for the Conference USA. Um, and while the AAC did lose four or three major players to the uh, Big 12, um, I don't know that it's going to impact their average uh, amount of players drafted each year. They've been in the double digits the last five years. They're averaging uh, 15.2 over the last five years. In both 2021 and 2022, they had 19 players selected apiece. 
I think uh, I think we'll be o- over the double digits, even with losing um, UCF Houston and uh, the tricky other school I can't think of. Wait, now you, now you made me forget. SMU? No. no still SMU is still here. It's Cincinnati. So. Cincinnati. Because it never made sense. No, it didn't. Cincinnati's a Big East school through and through to exactly, us. Exactly, yeah. The, the Big 12 slowly becoming the Big East. They got West Virginia. They got Cincy. Pitt's up next. SMU will be in the Big 12 soon. And SMU's going to the Pac-12. And Tulane's going to the SEC soon. They're replacing Vandy. Vandy will be in the AAC, though. And, and San Diego State's still in the Mountain West. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. Um, oh, also, we threw UConn in with the AAC because they, they used should to be, be in the AAC. Yeah. They're an independent. Um, they just respect the Big East too much to join a conference, yeah. which I do respect. And uh, they're they're kind of like the last hope of the Big East anyway. So, anyway, let's get to the quarterbacks in the AAC, where I think we'll both have at least one draftable. Yeah, we got one draftable, Rob. Do you have two? Yeah, slap the draftable on JT Daniels. Who cares? (laughs) Five-star. Fourth school? Yeah, five-star. People wanted him to be the starting quarterback in Georgia. They were right. Yeah, they were right. Uh, no, we have a, a, a real draftable quarterback in the conference in uh, Tulane's Michael Pratt. Yeah. Um, I think you could argue the – I don't have him as my top G5 quarterback, but uh, I think there's a, a very solid argument to put him there. He's very much in the uh, running. Yeah, I think he is mine. Yeah, he's uh, – I, I, to me it's him and Austin Reed. Um, Pratt, though, 6'3", 220, checks the boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think so. He's he's interesting. He's he's this big, well built quarterback. He's athletic enough to extend plays and, and create as a runner. Yep. Um, I don't think he has the best arm. It's in like, terms of strength, but he's he's very accurate. Mm-hmm. I. It, it's funny. He he to me has the makeup of an air raid quarterback, and he's the one playing in a more pro style system where they're actually um, yeah got. Those intermediate and uh, deep shots, lots of play action. He, um, his ball placement is just really good on each level. He's really good in structure. I think it's kind of like the the thing that Will Levis had last year, and I'm not comparing him to Will Levis, but where Will Levis could run, he had the size and athleticism to run, but when a play broke down, he like could not create for himself out of structure, and. I, I got the same vibe with Pratt where he kind of needs to stay in structure. Um, but if it's a designed run, he can kind of create in that way. And they, they design a lot of rollouts for him. which uh, Yes, they do. Which, I mean, he's pretty damn good on the move. It's 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 a slightly hit and miss, but he's he's really, really solid. Um, yeah, but he, I... He, go ahead, yeah. He fits kind of the mold of the... Non-first round Kyle Shanahan system yeah. quarterback in terms of he's accurate in structure. He does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't he doesn't really put the ball in conflict all that much. He's pretty on the money. He's good. At, he's good off play action. Yeah. You mentioned the rollouts. That's obviously a big staple of that system. Um, yeah. I I now I've got a kind of a sixth-ish round grade on him. I got a fifth. I, I I like his makeup, you know. I feel like he's just like kind of like you said there, but like I think he's got the tools to hang as a backup, and I feel like he he, he possibly has the tools to be a, a Brock Purdy if, if ever given the chance. But. Yeah, no, for real. Like he's going into his fourth year starting. No. He gets better each year. 
Um, they put more on his plate each year. Tajay Spears is gone now, so I'm excited to kind of see how Willie Fritz and Co. mold that offense to him rather than the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I I think he's interesting. I think he has a a chance to be a, a riser and a chance to potentially be at the senior bowl, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, and I like him. I like him a lot. Like, just like always cool, always calm, good poise. Um, you know, like like the accuracy is good. Throws with some nice touch. You know, is I see him making some reads at the line too, which is nice to see. Um, and then yeah, the athleticism is good enough. He doesn't do it too often, like you said. It's it feels more like just when it's designed. But and I think the arm is just good enough. You know, it's it's nothing. To write home about like you, you'll see sometimes where he short arms it on the, like the far sideline yeah. throws, yeah, which you know you don't love to see there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he's got the tools to hang, and I think he'll, he'll he's good enough to be a backup in the in the NFL. After him, who would you slot number two? It kind of falls off a, a, a cliff in terms of yeah, NFL talent. It does, um, but you, you got to go with with Frank Harris. What's not to love? Fra- Frank Harris, including Michael Pratt, is the best college football quarterback in the conference. Correct. Yeah, it's correct. I was thinking about this. I, like, if Frank Harris was um, around in the old Big East days when we grew up on Big East football and fell in love with Pat White, like, I think he is on that level of of college quarterback in the G5. Like, he's put up – he's gotten better each year. Mm-hmm. He's going into his fourth year uh, as the starters, fifth year playing. Um, and – like he just put up so like he he had forty one touchdowns last year. He's got the dog in him too, you know. He's kind of he's got the attitude. He's fun as hell. Yeah, the, he's got he's perfect because he's left handed. Yeah. He's wearing number zero. Yeah, um, he's really good out of structure. Like fundamentally, as an actual prospect, I think he actually is quite good out of structure. His mechanics are a little wonky, and yes. his accuracy is questionable. And I think that comes back to the mechanics. Um, but like he is also very poised under pressure. He avoids the mm-hmm. the pass rush well. Uh, the blitz doesn't really frazzle him. He seems to always have an answer in 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 the conference USA last year. So I'm interested to see how how he'll look transitioning to the AAC. But like he he actually reminds me of Vernon Adams, and like I very much believe Frank Harris could be starting in the CFL. Yeah, in a few years. yeah, I don't disagree. Like, uh, yeah, like he, I don't disagree. He's a he's a professional quarterback. It just <laughs> might not be in the NFL, right? I don't I don't think it's going to be in the NFL. But yeah, no, he's a ton of fun. And yeah, I think like you know if we watch him as a kid, he'd be in that like pantheon of like we can never forget Frank Harris. He's he's a ton of fun. He's a, he's been one of the most productive quarterbacks in college football the last couple of years. Um. After that, like to to me, like Pratt's the draftable guy. Frank Harris is a professional quarterback. After that, yeah. I don't know. J J T Daniels is at Rice, which is incredible. J T Daniels needs a the the untold documentary on Netflix, right? <laughs> but like, what 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 a life he was! The five star kid, I believe he skipped his senior year of high school, goes to USC, looks good as a freshman, tears his ACL, gives way to Caden Caden Slovis, who. Also, everyone decided was going to go in the first round. Yeah. Who's also still in college football at his third program? Uh, JT goes to, to Georgia. The entire time he's at Georgia, everyone's like they got a bench that's in for him. Never happens. Goes to West Virginia, like really confirms that he is n- not good, and now he's at Rice. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you know when he spins it, it looks good. You know when he's on, it looks good. You see the 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 potential. Like you're the five star. Um, 40 years ago, he would have stayed at USC 
and become the starter again eventually. And, like, his numbers would have still been what they are now, but he would have been the first overall pick. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Well, he's between that or Matt Castle. I'm certain I'm going to see JT Daniels starting a game in the USFL in three years. Congrats. You're lucky. Um, yeah. First, <laughs> like, okay, what else we got? Casey Thompson, you know, we watched him play a lot of ball. That's my guy. No, not gonna I, I love that all of these guys are at their third school. <laughs> yeah, Casey Thompson, Texas, Nebraska, FAU. He was he was not bad at Texas and not bad at Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a very good quarterback for FAU. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to have a really good year. Um. He's Gary got, Bohannon, who's at his second school and just has a freaking yeah. rocket launcher. Love Gary Bohannon. <laughs> this is Gary, Gary Bohannon's going to be such a good CFL QB sneaker. Oh, man. He's built um, for someone that's not a transfer and I haven't seen too much of. Seth Hennigan is okay at Memphis. Um, only He'll at, probably back at Memphis next year. Yeah, true or at, or at a new school. Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he wants to follow the trend. Uh, Chandler Rogers, yep, uh, who's now at North Texas. Coming over from Louisiana Monroe, where he's like pretty productive last year, despite yeah. it being, I mean, he got to play for a Bowden. But uh, I'm interested to see how he looks. Um, he's fun. It, yeah. In, in North Texas, not that they're transitioning to the air raid, they're just permanently in the air, air, air raid at North Texas. But um, with uh, Seth Luttrell out and Eric Morris in, maybe, maybe we get some big Chandler Rogers numbers. It'd be fun. He's a ton of fun. All right, let's get to the running backs. Good crop here. I like it. I like it uh, I, quite a bit. I I thought no one who's like a, a absolutely this guy's getting drafted. Yeah. But a lot of guys who, like, uh, I think, what maybe five guys who I totally I could yeah see get drafted. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I had three. I put three seventh round picks on it for fun. Hey, okay, me too. And two other guys that could get drafted. And if we don't line up here, yeah. as long as the same five guys, um, I'm not going to argue against you. Okay, who's your who's your one? Okay, so just just because he caught me off guard the most, I kind of just ranked him from favorite to you know most favorite. Um, I'm gonna just because he caught me off guard. How about Blake Watson at Memphis? Yeah, he's my number one. Yeah, he's good. Uh, coming over from Old Dominion, you know, he's a little bit of a smaller, like five nine one ninety five. Uh, but damn good contact balance. Just runs hard, keeps his feet. Kind of pairs that with some like you know gliding type of speed. Um, good enough patience, good enough vision. Um, and then the long speed to kind of break away and, and score the long touchdowns. He's really interesting. Also, former wide receiver. He, he initially yeah. started his career at ODU as a receiver, moved him to running back. Uh, he was a good kick returner, uh, I, I think, before he was the starter in, in 2019. You ODU. see all the traits for that show up as running back. Yeah, like just because he's a sixth-year running back, I'm never certain a guy I like know. that can get drafted. But, like, Man, he, he he catches the ball well. He's like you said, good contact balance. He's got the kick return upside, good burst. Um, yeah, I stuck a seventh round grade on him. Yeah, he's fun. Um, next up, I also have a seventh. Also, just my next favorite um, is is UAB Jermaine Brown. Oh, okay. Who the more I watched, the more I liked. I, I know we've I've watched him for a couple of years. You know, another guy undersized five eight one eighty five, but like kind of got that. You know, got just enough juice. Got some slashy speed to him. Um, you know, kind of like like a longer lower half, like a leggy build on him, and that kind of lends to like him making like super sudden long cuts, which are kind of fun to watch. Can do that in the open field, but to me, what kind of bumped him to that draftable grade is what he can do in the passing game. I just think very very clean hands, um, and a really competitive blocker for small a small. I could not believe it that I've been yeah. waiting to bring it up. He, 
I you, you see five eight one eighty five pound running back. I assume he can't pass block or like will try and just get. To, he throws his yeah. body into people. He tries really hard. Yeah. Like and it, it works a lot. It works a lot. Like, he's obviously not the strongest guy, but it works. And like I think he's just very sound and extremely willing. And it works. He's, he's the most willing pass blocking pass blocking running back we've watched thus far. It, he might be the best too i don't know he might be uh but compare that with the hands you know that that's a role in the nfl potentially so i i think yeah i think you know full like you know he's gonna have the whole backfield this year i think he could have a huge year i want to see him get like let him do more in the passing game too but yeah yeah obviously yeah split split time between mcbride um mcbride gone and yeah, he's he's poised for a big season. Well, Coach Dilfer might if he if he oh, stays in a Coach Dilfer's yeah. doghouse. Um, my number two guy is Larry McGammon from FAU. Um, I really like his open field elusiveness. I yeah. think, he, I, n- not like big big burst, but good change of direction skills and short area quickness. He's just got a really my, good feel for making guys miss. Yeah, he's like a one-cut runner. He reminds me kind of of those, going back to the Shanahan thing, um, those like late-day three Shanahan-style running backs who uh, can press the line, one-cut and go. Um, He actually reminds me of Khalil Herbert a little bit. He's interesting. I, I, he was my not draftable, but like he, again, I the top five guys here, I can all like put seven on. Yeah, they're all a little bit interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like he's kind of the guy. I think I think that kind of works for the Shanny thing because sometimes you watch those backs and it's like you're not sure why they're really, really solid. They just are. And I think McCammon is kind of in there, but the contact balance kind of like the, the the ability, the open field looseness is kind of what makes him really solid. Like he's kind of like a bit upright, but like well rounded, like five eleven to a four. The size is good. I yeah, he's an interesting guy. Who's your number? Um, your number three. I put Jalen Knight in. I just yeah, me too. Just putting that that talent coming over to SMU, like you like we had. Uh, I saw your tweet renamed with Rhett uh, Lashley. Is that um, where you get all your info for these shows? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what else did you write there? Um, <laughs> kind of like I didn't write this, but I think he 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 reminds me a little bit of. And this isn't an exact comparison, but James Cook, just with his in, – in the way he moves. Yeah, yeah, and the ability to obviously get out of the backfield and uh, catch the ball. Um, yeah, and he can just hit top speed so yeah, fast. Yeah, um, Where, like, I think, like, him, pass protection kind of hit and miss some nice reps, though. Um, but, like, you know, just, like, uses that – that he's, he's not very big. He just gets lean in the hole. He can kind of use that to his advantage. He gets small and goes, right? Um I don't know why they didn't use him very much in the passing game last year, but come over to SMU, I think they're going to give him the damn ball, and he's really good at catching the ball. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really because yeah, two years ago with Lashley was his most productive yeah. year, and felt like last year they just didn't use him enough as a pass catching back. Like that's his role. He he needs to be. He's at his best as a like seven carries. Five catches type yeah. running back, and I, in the AC in the AAC, sorry, <laughs> he'll have that um, like the, more space to let him do. Like I think that's a good like as an actual runner. I think you have a he could have a huge year. Uh, who's your the the fifth guy that we haven't mentioned yet? Kevorian uh, Barnes, UTSA. The Barnes man, yeah, same. The Barnes and Who, Noble baby. I think he's poised to maybe have the biggest. He's also only a redshirt sophomore, yeah. so I don't think we'll see him come out. Yeah. Um, but maybe we're talking minimum a little more in 2025. Just he has the most NFL ready body, mm-hmm. 5'9", 215, carries it well. I thought he had 
kind of maybe the 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 best mix of um burst and power yeah yeah I, I would like like he's the contact balance is really good and he has the power but sometimes he like just doesn't get behind his pads so just i think doing no that he more runs a high sometimes yeah um i also thought the vision was like questionable yeah. and if he, he's one-on-one in the open field i feel sometimes he he's he's hasn't like he doesn't have that wiggle. He needs to, like you said, kind of run behind his yeah. pads, lower the shoulder, and he'll, he'll try to make a guy miss, and he just doesn't have that wiggle to do that. Yeah, like, like I was going to say, like just like to see him kind of create more uh, himself. Yeah, but no, I, in the next year and the year after, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about him because he's, he's, got, he's got the goods. I also hope he's involved a little more as a pass catcher, mm-hmm. although UTSA is so loaded at receiver. Yeah. Um. After that, the, the, those are, that was kind of the group I was most and interested. I think in. all of them have a chance to to be drafted or play. You know, like or yeah, be, uh, at least get have a, a chance to make a roster. Yeah, exactly. Get a luck. Yeah. All right, jump to the receivers. Who's your number one? Uh DeCorian Clark. Yeah, same. Uh, DeCorian Clark is, I th- I think he is my highest rated player in the, and this is not bias. Uh, yeah, he's my highest rated player in the conference. I think if you looked at a room full of the top prospects in the conference, you would pick him out as mm-hmm. the guy who are, looks like he's already ready for the NFL. Yeah, six six three two ten, uh, a true outside X receiver, ball winner, awesome um, 50-50 yeah. ability, really really strong hands. Uh, can can kind of just pluck it out over DBs. Track the ball really well too over the shoulder. Um, he had just like a jaw dropping catch against Western Kentucky two years ago that still can't believe he made. Um, I think the biggest thing for him is just developing as a route runner. Yeah. And obviously in that system, it, it doesn't lend to running a full route tree. But yeah, I, I think. Just kind of develop that release package a little more. Yeah, I think those are the two and, things: the routes and the releases. And when I t- talked to him, he 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 kind of mentioned that a little bit too. So, um, but man, just in terms of height, weight, speed, like this mm-hmm. is the guy. Yeah, and he definitely has like the the juice to get off the line. He, he's explosive off the line, and it's just yeah, just working more on the on the shake and getting off there clean. And, um, yeah. And had he not got hurt last year, I wonder if he if he would have come out. He he was um, super yeah. productive in nine games. Got hurt, and uh, now with Sakari Franklin off to Ole Miss, mm-hmm. like even bigger role potentially for Clark, who's uh, put up big numbers the last two years. So he he has a, a fun little story about how he ended up at UTSA, and he he may have subtly thrown shade at a different coach so we'll just keep that in mind stay yeah. tuned yeah you'll you'll enjoy that or should they um, jump to the end now listen to it and then come back yeah they 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 saw the timestamp they're not listening <laughs> um after that i i have another draftable on uh luke McCaffrey. mccaffrey's brother yeah. yes yeah same luke mccaffrey i i i first of all i just want to mention this is the second former Nebraska quarterback that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Luke McCaffrey started out his career as a, as a quarterback at Nebraska, is now a wide receiver at Rice, 6'2, 198. Um, they let him play Wildcat quarterback, which is freaking awesome. Like, if you're Rice, who cares? Just, just let him run zone read. Um, but he'll also play in the slot, he'll play as a Z 
you can see that explosive athleticism, yeah. especially I thought after the catch. Yeah. Which I was not prepared for him to be as good after the catch as he was. Agreed. Um, doesn't look 6'2", 200. That, that kind of took me back a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Big's Christian. Yeah, he, I th- I th- he'd be by far the tallest McCaffrey kid. D- Dylan's tall. Or no, they... Dylan. We don't talk about Yeah, I, I try not to. I was going to say disappointment, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, but Lucas really, like, that's, you know, uh, becoming a receiver, he's damn good at it. I mean, I think all the McCaffreys can play receiver. Um, but yeah, no, like, like, like a really good athlete, like, fluid, too, I feel like, just, like, loose lower body. I think that translates to him being a pretty nimble route runner. Again, I think it's just you throw Christian in the slot. It's kind of like that, but not as good. Um, and yeah, the yak explosiveness is pretty impressive. I, I think he's a you know a, I got a day three on him right now. Later day three. Oh, Dil- Dylan won the Michigan twenty seventeen scout team offensive player of the year. He award. was he was great in the scout team. So he is six five. Um, yes. Yeah. No. Luke, Luke McCaffrey is that gadget he play. I just know he's going to be forty nine. Like the forty nine is going to take him the sixth round. Yeah. He'll start his career as their fifth receiver. Kind of be a bit of a gadgety guy. They'll slowly work him in, and uh, that'll be that. Um, <laughs> the Shanahan's love nepotism. Um, That's true. But, but seeing that athleticism kind of translate more to his route running, yeah. I think is the big key. Like, I think you can kind of tell he's still learning the position. Yeah. Like, he's a little bit, um, I don't want to say wonky because he's very clearly athletic, but it, it, his routes are just a little, I don't know, shaky, I guess. And he's at his best when they manufacture him touches, whether it be as a wildcat quarterback or just screen game or drag routes, whatever. Yeah. So seeing him kind of work himself open a little bit more yeah. rather than the, the the manufactured touches and the deep shots, I think would help him. I think, yeah, I think like just the, the movements there and like you see it already with the underneath stuff, like you kind of said there. Um, no, I, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it'll come. If not, you just yeah, got to no. sh- in Rosner, their uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver one just transferred to NC State, so even bigger opportunity for McCaffrey mm-hmm. this season. Um, especially with JT as his QB. <laughs> just give me Huck and baby. Is, is JT uh, a certified Huckster? If J- if JT Daniels doesn't just come out and just only Huckin at race this year, then what's the point, man? Who gets a job? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I bet he could probably apply for a seventh year. Um, who's your next receiver? I don't have any more draftables. Just those two. Me so. neither. But I think there's a couple of good ones. Um, I feel like I feel like Jaquan uh, Jackson's athleticism yes. at Tulane is We're very on it today. Very uh, intriguing to say the least, Rob. He's a yeah. He's got that jittery I, movements and that that legit speed. In a guy because they had uh, what Deuce Watts and uh, I always mix it up because their last names are similar. It's like Deuce Watts and. Wyatt last yeah, year is their Wyatt, one-two yeah. punch, and um, seeing Jackson kind of take on a bigger role mm-hmm. this season, especially because Pratt's back, like he's poised to have a huge breakout. Yeah. I think Shea Wyatt and Deuce Watts, um, yeah, and and he's he's also uh, a very good punt returner and a solid kick returner. And Ed Reed's his uncle, so I just draft a guy off that alone. Um, but yeah, he's like a pinball after the yeah, catch. Yeah. No, I'm really excited to see him just kind of like get more involved with this. And like he had like 500 yards receiving last year, but yeah, <clears throat> like 30 some odd catches. But yeah, just getting more involved, like maybe potentially go over a thousand this year. Um, no, I think he's a ton of fun. I, I think that's a guy that would be like we'll get we'll have quite a few quite a bit of buzz. I hope at the end of the season. After him, I've got Joshua Cephas, the other UTSA receiver. Me too. 
who he's um he's like just kind of big and smooth like yeah that. exactly he's six three kind of more of a slot guy good hands yeah um not not like super twitchy or anything just smooth a little bit leggy yes um, but then they use him in motion a lot which i thought was kind of funky yeah, he's very good at working himself open uh, in, in in against zone defense and and uh, a big time chain mover on third down. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting guy. Like, I think there's a path there for him too. And I think the the last guy kind of really intrigues me was uh, Jalen Johnson, ECU. Yep, the Georgia transfer. Georgia transfer. Who I think you see it at like six two one ninety seven, yeah. well put together. Like, just a really solid athlete. Um, you know, good good hands, can track the ball well. I think there's a you know big breakout chance for him too. Also, like um, Jackson at Tulane, uh, East Carolina's top two receivers are gone, right? Yeah. Isaiah Winston, C.J. Johnson are gone. So, J- like, the doors are open for Jalen Johnson to take over that go-to receiver yeah. role. And, yeah, I mean, with the, the, the size and athleticism are so obvious that, like, you can watch him and be like, oh, that's the SEC transfer. He's yeah. just super raw. It's yeah. just develop that route tree. And um, I know East Carolina doesn't get uh, – too creative with the routes but um the man like he's really good catch radius and and, and uh deep speed so best guest game was the bowl so hopefully it just keeps on coming along right yeah uh do you want to anyone else oh i just want to mention fau's jaquan burton was on the freaks list so that's a guy to watch especially with casey thompson coming over yeah um that, that, that was in Jordan Curley just because SMU's always got a receiver. They do, yeah. I, I didn't love his, his tape, but Arizona State transfer who had nearly 600 yards last year. Yeah. Tight ends, get your guy. Yeah, my favorite player in the in the country, Rob. You you, you declared that like super early oh, last year, I, and you were so right. The second I saw him, I'm like this guy, <laughs> this guy's the man. <laughs> he hadn't even done anything yet. You just a tight end that thick. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Oscar Cardenas. Uh, oof, boy, six four two eighty five. Uh, he looks it. It shows. He don't move it though, Rob. He, he looks like he's moving at two thirty five. In the lineup, in the slot. Yeah, all the time. I love Jeff. I love Jeff Triller. Jeff Triller <laughs> might be my favorite coach in college football. Uh, I love, yeah, oh, H-back, this is, slot. This team is the 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 team of the the show this year, right? The Roadrunners. Got to oh, be big time. Yeah. But yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah. Just incredible ball skills. Yeah, man, he's got really good hands. Um, but oh, and then and then you get the ball, you know, to his hands, and he's a goddamn tank after the catch, just running through dudes as you'd expect. I the sky's the limit for Oscar Cardenas. <laughs> like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know how high he can climb. But this is like to me, he's like a fifth right now. Um, and we keep seeing. I, I think like I like to see him get meaner as a blocker, just become a little bit more of an asshole, get in there because he's got the size right now. I think he's solid. Uh, but I think yeah, I think that, that could still kinda, improve. Yeah, I would agree. I, I was kind of disappointed with him there. Yeah, because you think you see two eighty five, you you know he's not in a huge conference. You expect a bully there too, right? Not so much, but I think I think he can get there. But it, the man just wins down the scene. Yeah, yeah. So damn good. He, he's like wild body control for a tight end that thick. It's crazy. Incredible ball skills. It's crazy. I know. Oh, and 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 even on like third downs when Frank Harris is working out a structure, like he does a really good job yeah. settling and and kind of working with his quarterback uh, to get open. Yeah, that's a pro. That's a damn pro. Like I. I feel like Cardenas is going to be a guy that, like, you know, no one NFL-wise knows about him yet. But uh, when he gets drafted, everyone's going to love him. <laughs> like, you know, he's going to make a Definitely. big play in November or something as a rookie or second year. Oh, yeah. 
is the dude. Is there any other tight ends you want to talk about? Not particularly, but I, I, we could talk the rest of the show about Cardenas, so I don't care. I know you could. Um, going to the offensive line, my top guy isn't actually in the AC. He plays at UConn. It's my second. I, a guy really caught me off guard, but let's talk about this guy first. Okay, okay I'm excited. Okay, uh, yeah, Christian Haynes at UConn. Yeah. Who we've seen the buzz. I'm I'm sure six year yeah. senior, six three three ten. Um, really really good run blocker, physical, climbs well to the second level. I th- I thought it worked really well on pulls too. Like yeah, can play in his own or gap scheme. It's a really solid um, mover overall. Yeah, I think my big thing with him is just his hands. Sometimes he he just shoots his hands super wide. Um, even in space, he'll climb to the second yeah. level and he'll like kind of bear hug at times. Yeah. So it's just kind of tightening up those hands. Um, but man, I, I, no, I really like him. I, I, I could see a path to him going top 100. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think he's like a kind of like a fifth round guy right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's what I have him on. I have him on. Yeah, I think kind of like touching on your points, there's like sometimes the balance is a little inconsistent, I find. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a good mover, it's kind of funny. Um, and I, I think, like, the second, like, he's good climbing, but then the Raiders a little hit him. And like you said, the hands kind of can, can land funny. And also, like, like he just loves going for that snatch and finish, too, which he does great. But then also, I think, like, overall, his finishing kind of needs to get more consistent, just, you know, finishing to the whistle and in pass row, just finishing that that rep. Um, Blo- yeah, blocks, sustaining blocks. Yeah, sustaining and, and just finishing, yeah. Um, absolutely. But, yeah, no, I, I see the path to the top 100 guy there, too. Um Really good. Anything else? Or can I talk about the guy that really so, caught me off guard? Just Jim Morris just knows what he's doing. Oh, well, no shit. Of course. You know he knows. Um, so the guy that caught me off guard that I hadn't heard too much about, maybe I'm just living under a rock, but I really liked Brady Wilson from UAB, the center. I hadn't heard a lot about him either, but um, I don't have a draftable on him. I do. I, 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 I certainly see a path in getting. He's just a redshirt junior. Redshirt? Really, yeah. Yeah, Red- six two three zero five moves really well. Yeah, Richards. Yeah, um, f- um, I got like a fit. I think him and Haynes are kind of right there for me. Um, kind of got that classic Sanders build like you just alluded to. Threw on the LSU game and I he held up. He held up really well. The, the strength was there. I thought the pad level was really good. Like just has a good, really good posture to him, and just just played really really solid. And like you said, uh, a younger player too. Yeah. So I thought he. His uh, he, he plays with really good pad level mm-hmm. of leverage. So like, yep. while he's three hundred five, he's moving SEC defensive tackles, yep. just because he he's getting underneath well, them and, and in good leg drive. The best prospect in last year's draft, Jacolin Roy. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. Um, and then obviously, like when you look at a center like that, you're expecting them to move really well, and he does. That. Yeah, he comes to the second level, steals off linebackers. Yeah. Uh, my big thing with him was just the like, if you bull him, you can kind of. Get through like he. Re- I thought he really struggled in pass protection. You can kind of walk him back, um, which we do tend to see with those undersized zone mm-hmm. centers. Um, and I, I thought his his hands in pass protection just a little loose. I think like like I yeah I think like not as strong. You know, just when your nose up on him, obviously like it's again a younger younger player too. Um, but like I think like when he's just you know helping, very good. Like, you see some of the independent hand work at times. Um, I think I think also like maybe his eyes can improve, but just the more he plays, I think there's there's a path there to like a really solid uh, prospect. I, I like him a lot. Um, yeah, no, I, I I do too. I think he'll be a guy who rises, mm-hmm. uh, especially playing for Coach Stilfer. Uh And again, a guy who we probably won't see in this draft. Probably yeah. 
reserved for 2025 as a G5 center. Yeah. Um, I liked both SMU offensive linemen a little bit. Uh, Justin Osborne and Marcus Bryant. Yeah. Uh, Bryant's like six eight. Looks like a basketball player. He's he needs to add some add some bulk for sure. Yeah. But uh, I thought really nimble feet for a six eight left tackle. I thought he moved really well. More of a, a get in the way guy than a mm-hmm. knock you over guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he needs to sustain blocks better and just be a more physical football player. Yeah, play with better bend. Being six eight. Um, but uh, I liked him. Yeah, he, I liked him too. No, not quite a draftable, but I did have a draftable on Osborne. That's a, that's Same. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No draftable on Bryant, but do on Osborne. Yeah. Who's an Auburn transfer. You could see the SEC size, yeah. 6'5", 309. Uh, I thought a guy who – good mix of power and athleticism in the run game. Yeah, heavy-handed, you know, like long long dude too. You see like the – I think you see the arm length. And he uses it pretty damn well. Just got I think like the feet, the mirror ability can kind of improve still. But yeah, got that got that size, you know, six five three nine with that wide body. Um, definitely like the NFL body. Um, so yeah, that I think that's uh, another year there. That's that's gonna be looking good. Yeah, uh, since since Haynesworth, Prince Pines, both two lane guys, not draftables, but didn't yeah, mind them. I like Haynesworth. Uh, yeah, that was kind of it for me though. Yeah, me too. I like Haynesworth too. Yeah, good call. Um, interior defensive line. Speaking of two lane. Yep. My top guy is Patrick Jenkins. Yeah, me too. Me too. Who. Had a great game against USC in the bowl game. Uh, 6-2-3-0-5. He'll line up anywhere on the inside. 1-3 nose tackle. Uh, they've, run, they've run a lot of games with him. where and, and, like, you just see his quickness. Like, he's a very quick twitch guy. Yeah. Um, I think he's still developing a pass rush because a lot of his pressure is coming off those games. Yeah. Sometimes you see him use his hands a little bit better and um, or, or beat uh, guards to the outside shoulder. Uh, but super, super productive in the run game. Just always seems to be looking for work. Can kind of anchor down if he needs to or shoot a gap if he needs to. Yeah, like the, the movement abilities, I think, is what uh, jumps off screen at, at first glance. Uh, TCU transfer, um, younger. I think he's, he's only true junior, right? Um, and then, like. Uh, no, he's a senior. Senior, okay. TCU uh, transfer, yeah. Yeah. Um, like two years there. Yeah. Um, just yeah, I, like I think I agree with you. But and then when he gets the ball carrier, he, he fucking gets the ball carrier. He arrives with bad intentions, which I, I appreciate. Yeah, he's some, someone like again, like um, I think I like fifth six on him right now. Just but really interesting guy too. Um, I also really liked FAU's Evan Anderson. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my next guy. How can you not like FAU's Evan Anderson? He's huge. I, oh, I knew I'd like him without watching him because <laughs> what is he three three fifty six three fifty six six three three fifty six. He's not just like, you know, he's not round. He's he's big, wide, and tall. Like he's just a slab of concrete. Yeah, he's so freaking strong. He's really good, like really good tackle radius, but like also really good take on skills yeah. in the open field. It's weird. And he moves um, like not, really damn well for three fifty six. Yeah, he does. Uh, and Bradshaw Junior. And no. like he's not adding anything really as a passer. No. So he's just gonna try and bully you, yeah. but like. Man, like, that's a day three nose tackle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like, as long as he takes up two blocks on a pass rush, like, that's a win. If he takes up two blocks, that's a win. Um, absolutely. You, you see him, you know, to- he'll toss some guys as a, in the run game. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I wonder how, like, FAU gets, like, just a, a mammoth like that. I love it. Um, 
I had draftables on both those guys. I also I don't have draftables on these guys, but I liked SMU's Elijah Chapman, UAB's Fish McWilliams, and UTSA's Brandon Brown. I got a borderline on, on the fish, man. Um six year guy. Good player. Yeah, he's good. I think he's just really solid. Um six foot three fifteen. That's you know, I mean we love the short ones. Um, you know, stout there. He's got that natural pad level to him and that shows up. Just yeah. a really solid uh run plug with like good short area quicks and um, Yeah, he plays with really good leverage. Yeah. Stout, short round. I like that. Like, I think he, there's a maybe not get drafted, but like that's a guy that I could think can come into a camp and kind of like NFL teams always need those type of players, right? So, yeah, just with him, I think the the main holdup is just the size. Yeah. Um. Okay, are we ready to get to my favorite guy? Please. I don't know if you're in on this with me, but I cannot believe how good Trey Moore is. Trey Moore is very good. Yeah, I'm here. And 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 I don't know if it's just because UTSA is so loaded on offense. All we do is talk about UTSA's offense. But I feel like Trey Moore is the most underrated player in college football. Okay. But that might be a take. That's a take. I, I, so um, Trey Moore is a redshirt sophomore only. Yeah. Passers for, for UTSA, 6'3", 230, so obviously lack size. But um, super twitchy and explosive. Yeah. Really active in the run game. Sets a mean edge. Yeah. Plays his tail off. There's this play against Troy where I couldn't believe he chased it down because he was rushing the passer, and all of a sudden he's, he's chasing down this crosser 30 yards downfield. <laughs> um, and, like, he's still developing his passer. Yeah. And, and, and I think... He, like his arm length's helping him there. He's kind of speed or, or like long arm, um, but he's really good looping on games. I just I think he's going like it might not be this year, it might not be even next year, it might be twenty twenty six. I just think he's really good. Yeah, there's a path to top one hundred guy there. I, I think. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. I, I thank God you said it. Oh, oh God, no no no. I got like a okay. fifth on him know. right now. Like I think. Okay. I, I, like see when you watch a guy you've never heard anyone else talk about. Yeah. Because he's my son now. You're just like. Am I crazy? Though? You know what it is, too, though? Like, they, they ask him to drop into space a decent amount. And uh, like you said, he was chasing, but I don't know if I love that. I think, like, still developing as a, like, just, you know, he's only retro freshman last year. Like, like the eyes. Like, I saw him bite on some uh, zone reads sometimes. But, yeah, like, the, the way he comes into the block, uh, you know, setting the edge is really impressive. Like you said, the get-off is really good. Uh, got some bend to him. Got some twitch. And, like, yeah, 6'3", 230, but has time to add on to that. And I think, like, the build. He's got that swimmer's build. That I think a lot of really good pass rushers have, where they've just got that wide upper half um, with that length. And I, no, I wrote down, I wrote down G five Will Anderson. <laughs> he's got, he's got some of that. Yeah, it's number, it's number thirty one. Yes. <laughs> no, he's good. He's very good. Um, yeah, I and it's a pretty solid group of edge rushers too. Yeah, I think Trey Moore's the best defense player in the conference and prospect. I um, yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, yeah. Who's your number two pass rusher? I got a, I got a Yabby Okoye. I gotta, I gotta go with the oh, bias okay. here. Him and him and another guy are kind of tight for me. But look, <laughs> speaking of transfers, uh, Bama, UT Martin, and the Michigan like, is, but five star Bama recruit. Uh, the talent is there. No, you missed one. You missed one. He played at Houston too. Oh, I forgot about Houston. <laughs> and, you know, six five two forty four. Surprised he left Michigan, but look, when I, when I Biff when Biff wants you, Biff gets you. Yeah. See, I. Like I feel like because of his history of transferring, he's just addicted. Like to he it. might get 
dinged for that. Yeah, <laughs> he might get dinged for that, but like it actually makes so much sense why he would follow Biff to Charlotte. Yeah, like he was productive, good player for Michigan last year. But Biff's his high school coach. He's the yeah. guy who like helped him get his life on track. Yeah. Like obvious. Like I, I totally like it, that should not be a ding. Oh no, um, I don't think so. Do you think he's really six five two forty four? I don't know. I don't know if he's that. Big. He looks like a basketball player. He does. He's, and he's explosive. Like he's, super he's super explosive. Twitchy. He's super raw and doesn't use his hands, but man, like he can bend yeah. and his get off is great. Like as a speed rusher in this conference, like I'm very excited yeah. to see what he looks like. Can... Charlotte's roster is basically what Colorado did, but in the G5, like every player is a transfer. Yeah, it's sick. It's great. I mean, hell, while we're here, Julius Welshkoff also went to Charlotte for Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I lo- who, who, who was like number three oh, on the freaks, freaks list. list last year? Yeah, and you're like, I remember last year I was digging through the Michigan tape to find the few stamps he got, and like, you're like, what was he? A former skier, right? And he's like, see the athleticism. So maybe he pops off too. He's, There's talent. I mean, man, he like he could be. Uh, he's gonna be like a WWE wrestler one day. <laughs> but um, good, yeah. I also uh, my my number two guy's Tulane Stereos. Yeah, I got that. I got him in uh, Oki kind of neck and neck. Yeah, Hodges is different. Yes, uh, build. Yes, he's six two two eighty, and it it's he's stout. Yeah, he's a power rusher. Um, plays his tail off, such a good edge, uh, can, can hand in the dirt or standing up. Um, he's, he's just like kind of a speed to power guy. He's not like, he's not like super twitchy. He's just kind of like a bowling ball of hell. Yeah. Um, and he gets under tackles and walks them back and he, he works really hard in the run game. Especially like he'll come backside and, and blow stuff up. Um, his, yeah, I, I'm not certain he's even 6'2", but... <laughs> I don't know either, but I love him. Um, I find him, like, pretty athletic for a guy that's 280. Yeah, no. He's, uh... So, if Trey Moore's G5 Will Anderson, Darius Hodges is G5 Melvin Ingram. <laughs> yeah. I like you said, like, you know, you can... I think you can kind of see some good handwork there. Like, he, he can control off the line's hands. I always like seeing that's fun. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he's an interesting guy. I got, like, a late day three on him. Anybody else here? You going the linebacker? Not really. Then uh, not really. And Jim Moore is cooking again, so I don't want to jump ahead. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, top linebacker uh, UConn's Jackson Mitchell. Definitely. And I thought he was. Uh, it was really good in the Michigan game two years ago. Remember that's when he, he first is, popped in. He's just like everywhere on the field. Yeah. Um, what do you have? Like 145 really, tackles last year. Yeah. Six two two thirty three redshirt senior plays Will plays Mike. Um, Really rangy, really, really good change of direction. Um, explosive downhill. You'll see him like his coverage. I found it like his eyes aren't great, mm-hmm. but when he puts like he has the athleticism yeah. to be quite good in coverage, like he carries the seam well. Um, his take on skills are a little hit and miss, yeah. like he'll over pursue and miss tackles, but he's constant, like he's involved in everything. Yeah. It feels like, um, eyes, eyes in the run game, good, the passing game, hit and miss, yeah. Yeah. Just like I like, really saw it. Like, yeah, I think he's got all the traits of an NFL linebacker and good size, too. Yeah, like I have a total day three draft. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Yeah. After, after that, uh, uh, is there anybody you liked? Not really. A couple DBs, no, though. Okay. Yeah, no, the DB group's interesting. Um, I, I kind of found with the DB group, not like anyone I'm banging the table to draft, but a lot of guys yeah. who are on the path to – Potentially being selected. Yeah, a lot of those guys are like, you know, maybe end up at the senior bowl and a naggy favorite or like, 
you know, we come people find later in the process like, oh, this guy's actually pretty damn good. Um, which I feel like is kind of typical for for G five guys. Um, to me, I, I thought the most interesting uh, DB was uh, Nick Trey Fortune at UTSA. Yeah, the West Virginia transfer. Yeah, who is really good open field tackler. Yeah, he is. And they they kind of get creative with him a little bit. Like they'll blitz him a lot. Yeah, he's pretty pretty darn solid at it. Y- yeah, so. He, my my kind of takeaway, and I do. Ha- he's my only draftable. Yeah, me too. My take- but there's guys I like. Oh, yeah, my takeaway was like he's a physical press corner, tackles really well. He has good cover instincts, um, but like he, he, his hips are a little stiff and his feet are a little uh, wonky, like too many false steps. Yeah, lots of steps. I I I, I wonder if like maybe he's a safety. Maybe I feel like he's. Maybe because six foot one ninety five, like it's good size there. Um, I think he's got like the movement ability of a corner, though. Like, but yeah, it's kind of like it's false steps, but like he's still in position for the most part. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, like he's athletic. He's not unathletic. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a technique thing. I thought like his pedals high. Yeah. Uh, which I think impacts his his ability to flip his hips. Yeah. And and when you pedal high and you you try to um play press man like you're bound to take yeah steps. yeah and i think like yeah that kind of matched that with some more like patience in man too like not not reading the ball but like matching the the receiver yeah yeah like it, it i think he just needs like technique work. yeah yeah you know what what's uh, virginia yeah, ain't coaching those dbs though that's the issue facts half, half this half the dbs in this conference are west virginia transfers <laughs> for some reason um after him i liked the two lane duo of uh, Jarius Monroe and AJ Hampton, who actually transferred from Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Monroe to me of all of these corners looks the most like an NFL corner. Yeah, I think him and him and um, him and um, wow, I'm just I'm, I'm, him and Fortune definitely. Yeah, yeah, Monroe six one two hundred plays press man plays press zone. I th- thought he, I liked him better in zone. I think he's like a cover two corner. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he had fluid hips, but kind of struggled to match receivers in, in man coverage with his feet um willing tackler i don't have a draftable on him but like yeah he looks like an nfl corner Nichols state transfer yeah yeah and and hampton is the northwestern transfer who kind of interesting like six foot 175 kind of lean um was pretty good for northwestern last year you saw him like kind of like the hips i thought were pretty solid and like kind of can can match and mirror there um and he played more two years ago yeah um it's funny, I actually wrote his name down when we were doing the 2023 draft because I forget who I was watching, but it was obviously involved Northwestern. And I just kept noticing him, and so I wrote his name down. That's why I put him on our list, and then he ended up transferring. To it's Tulane. not bad, yeah. I, like, you see him, I, th- I threw him in the basket game. He got beat uh, at the catch of the first touchdown there over top of him. But, no, I think I think he's got some traits there, and I think Tulane's not a bad move for him. Um, who else do you like in the DB group? Uh, I mean, you got to always love Rashad Wisdom. How can you not? Shab Wisdom is the G5 Bob Sanders. <laughs> yeah, 5'9", 210. Missed half the season with an injury, speaking of. Yeah, I'm excited to see him get back. Me too. He's like a true box safety, really physical tackler, good take on yeah. skills. Um, and just kind of seeing him do more in coverage, maybe match up the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Um, but special teams king, potentially. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I thought another transfer going to SME McGill from uh, Stanford. Yeah, is, I like him. Yeah, this safety, 59183, so undersized. But like, I just felt very like solid, like sturdy tackler, good very eyes. Sturdy tackler. Yeah, just not, not out of position. That's just a really – like college football-wise, that's a very good addition to your secondary room. Was was a captain at Stanford yeah, too? Yeah, that's, like he didn't transfer because he like he was playing a lot at Stanford. Yeah, coaching changing transferred. Yeah, so. it's a really good guy for uh, SMU. Uh, there's Kendarren Ray at Tulsa. That's our guy. That's our guy. Kendarren Ray's been our guy. So uh, Jahari Rogers at SMU, who's a Florida transfer. Um, Would you, Charles Woods at SMU, who's a West Virginia transfer. Charles Woodson, that's sick. Yeah, um, I didn't mind. Um, yeah, no, I think that's about it. Yeah, I, I didn't mind um, uh, Max oh, McWilliams at UAB. Yeah, that, that kind of feisty. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, but that, that that was it for me. How about you? Yeah, you yeah, same here. All right, who's gonna win the? Who's gonna win the? The AAC. I went back and forth, but I think it's down to two teams. I, I'm going. I'm going Roadrunners for a season. So two favorite teams. It's, yeah, it's tough. I have a Tulane Green Wave sticker on my laptop, <laughs> but I'm going UTSA over Tulane. And Willie Fritz is my guy, but yeah, Willie Fritz likes a lot of my tweets. Both these fan bases, I will say, both these fan bases are super active on Twitter. If I tweet about any of their players, I, get, I just get a hundred likes. They know, it's great. they know they're destined to, to meet in the championship game. So that's the uh, well, I picked them both just because they like my tweets. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Rub Runners, but I will take Michael Pride as an offensive player of the year in the conference over Frank Harris. I did the same thing. I gave the title to to the Runners, but yeah, I think Pratt's gonna. I think Frank Harris puts up better numbers, but they vote Pratt. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And defense player of the year I'm with Trey Moore. I had to go with Trey Moore. I think he's just the most talented. Um, he also had 18 TFLs, eight sacks, yeah. and six pass deflections last yeah. year. Um, Oki a dark horse maybe, but yeah, I don't think Charlotte's good enough. Uh, Oki could have no sacks or or 12 sacks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, <laughs> he could go either way. I love him. My favorite player in the in the country though. After Cardenas. All right, guess. Guess for town of the week. I think you have to choose New Orleans. It's wrong. You you're wrong. Sorry. It's like every week I think it's such a layup, and then you're just not right. It's uh, it's San Antonio. No, it should have been New Orleans. What? Legally by sports drink law, I think it's supposed to be New Orleans. You'll you won't be you in the podcast studio ever. So wait, you know Wemby's on the Spurs. Oh right? shit, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, good. Pick. I think they they can they can claim him now. Wemby is like Zion, but thin. That's my take. Soon, soon when you go to notable people from San Antonio Wikipedia <laughs> page, I guarantee you will say Wemby because those pages are just so not right. They don't understand. Calling out Wemby bust or not? That yes or no. Oh, big time. Okay, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Okay, let's move on. Let's hear about San Antonio. He'll love it in San Dude, Antonio. He's simply too tall. Um, <laughs> so, but do you want a population guess? It's tough. Uh, that's tough. You're going to undershoot it for sure. Uh, 675. 1.45 Ooh, million. Yeah, I undershot it. Yeah. Home home to the UTSA Roadrunners, who, of course, play in the Alamo Dome. The greatest stadium in college football. <laughs> Which opened in 1993 with a capacity of 64,000 and is named after the Alamo. It's cool as hell. All stadiums should be named after war-related things. The Spurs should still play there. That's my take for the day. Imagine the Gettysburg Dome. (laughs) Notable alumni from UTSA. Pitcher Justin Anderson. Some baseball guy. Uh, Devin Brown, who won an NBA championship with the Spurs, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Um. 
Marcus Davenport, of course, who's like the first UTSA roadrunner to 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 make it happen. Um, Bill Peters, who was the Hurricanes and the Flames head coach, and I just I know that was Bill so Peters. Random. Why did he go yeah. to UTSA? Apparently, like he had a big like he opened an ice rink in San Antonio. I okay, didn't read into it enough, but there's something there. Is Bill Peters um, living an elite life? I think so. Michelle Beadle from ESPN. Oh. That that makes sense. I see her as a San Antonio person. That makes sense. She, she she's on she's like done Spurs broadcast. Yeah. I didn't know she went to UTSA though. Um and Travis Scott. So pretty good. Uh notable people from San Antonio. This is about to get mm-hmm. weird. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Pendleton Ward, the inventor of Adventure Time. Joan Crawford. Tommy Lee Jones. That tracks. Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and Furious. Yeah, that tracks. These all make so much sense. How many talking about? An Army Hammer. <laughs> I, I thought about not putting that one. No, but you have I to. Wanted, I had to tell the whole story of San Antonio. <laughs> exactly. Okay, things. To do Lots of things Antonio. to do. The Riverwalk, baby. Natural Bridge Caverns. Japanese Tea Gardens. Both those things just looked really pretty, so I wrote them down. Sea World. There's a SeaWorld in San Antonio? Morgan's Wonderland. Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Okay, that sounds like the best Six Flags. The Magician's Agency Theater. Ripley's Believe It or Not. The Buckhorn Saloon and Texas (laughs) Ranger Museum. That sounds sick. Bracken Bat Flight, which based on the picture just was a bunch of bats flying in a out of a tree it looks so scary san antonio's famous for bats you remember who was it tim duncan swatted that bat no that was manu manu, manu yeah <laughs> tim, tim duncan too too afraid yeah he's afraid um and finally the last thing to do in san antonio is remember the alamo it's the first and last thing to do all right next show we're, we're getting into the power five starting with the pack 12 um for now please enjoy my uh my interview with utsa all-conference receiver to Corey and clark I'm here with UTSA All-Conference receiver DeCorian Clark. How are you doing today, DeCorian? I'm doing pretty well. I'm blessed yourself. Not bad. I'm excited to talk to you. Because over the last two years, the Roadrunners have won 23 games under Coach Jeff Trailer. And so what's it been like for you to be part of one of the most successful runs in college football and the most successful run in program history? Um, It's very exciting to be a part of program history. Uh, I never thought I would be actually uh, coming into college, but, um, you know, God makes his ways around and moves people around the places where they need to be. So I was very excited that I did. And how important has it been for you to have a quarterback like Frank Harris during this run, a guy you have so much chemistry with on the field? Uh, it's, it's been well, um, knowing that we have a connection now, um, been a lot to learn, I'm going to tell you that, uh, especially during practice and everything like that. But, like, him knowing that um, I got his back through whatever and the other receivers and other players that we have have his back as well is, just means a lot. And you're one of the most experienced and productive receivers in the country. You have over 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns in your last 24 games. And so as you enter your, your fifth season in the program, what are your ex- expectations for yourself? I mean, obviously, uh, my 
my expectations is uh, to make it to the NFL, but uh, especially making sure that my body is right um, through the whole process. That's really my main goal. And, and you mentioned the NFL, and, and with your size and your physicality at the catch point, it seems that you're always coming down with those 50-50 balls. Is that is that one of the stronger parts of your game, do you think? Yeah, but I like not to think of it as a 50-50 ball. Instead, <laughs> it's just it's just mine when it's in the air. And, and I guess, how did you kind of um, develop those traits and, and get yourself into that mentality when the ball's up in the air, it's yours? Uh, really, I would say it's just, just growing up. Um, just the mentality that, like, I know I have to go get it in a, in a certain way um, and not let the other person come down with the ball. That's really just the main rule of it. Don't let the other person come down with the ball. Whether like whether I catch it or not. So. Do you have a background in basketball? Because sometimes it feels like you're just going up and and you're like coming down with the alley oop type thing. I actually do have a basketball background in basketball. Uh, played basketball all four years of um, high school. I played four sports all four years of high school. Well, and how important is it to play multiple sports? Kind of as you're coming up, even though you may know football was your path, how important was it to try these other sports? Um, I think it was very uh, important. The reason why I think it's very important is because um, there's a lot of experience in learning new things. And once before, I didn't like um, in track. I didn't like long jump, doing long jump or whatever, like preparing for it, practicing for it or anything like that. But my senior year, I ended up doing it, and I went to state for it and realized, like, I actually ended up enjoying it and enjoying the process. So um, I think it, it just comes with um, a lot of experience. And then once you're in it, like, you just have to enjoy it because if you don't, then obviously you're not going to um, enjoy the process that it comes with. And as you've progressed through your collegiate career, you it, it, it's, I, I feel for fans and and. NFL scouts with your size and your ball skills it you have the tools to make it in that in the next level and so is there anything else you're trying to work on this season to get yourself ready for that jump to the NFL next year of course uh work on my mobility uh work on my fluentness and um still work on my routes uh every day work on learning more um like different different positions sides of the ball and everything like that um but a lot more into getting my body ready to do all that and and what goes into kind of getting your body ready what's i guess the difference the most important thing that's different for you now than maybe when you were a freshman in terms of getting your body right uh i would say um i put more caution on taking care of my body Mm -hmm. uh, than i did before um i started eating a lot better as well um, to get my muscles stronger and more reliable. Um, so I would say not only that, but also that weight room helps a lot. And in the 2022 NFL draft, we saw former roadrunners like Tariq Woolen and Spencer Buford get drafted. They both hit the ground running as rookies. So for you, obviously the NFL has always been the dream, but when did it become a real possibility for you like was there ever a moment where you realized this is this isn't just a dream i can really do this it was actually when both of them did get drafted um 
it showed me that like we can come from a small school and everything like that or a school that doesn't really get that much uh exposure like how we did at first mm-hmm. and still come out and still come out um big in a way but also to be underestimated just because of the school you go to and like doesn't mean that um you won't be a good player as soon as you make it to the NFL. And I also um, knew Tariq growing up because uh, we were both um, in Fort Worth and we played each other's high school. So seeing him like as a as a sophomore and freshman, like um, it really showed me like I can do more than just you know more than just high school. And now seeing him here, I've seen him in the whole transition from the receiver room all the way until he went and turned into a DB and also has some opportunity to go against him at practice. So it, it actually shows a lot and just shows that like you can, you can do a lot here. So and, um, that's just my mindset on that. And as you kind of get ready for that, that NFL leap, are there any NFL wide receivers that you specifically watch and try to learn from? I mean, I watch DK a lot just because, like, um, I mean, I mean, some people compare me to him. Mm-hmm. I, I watch DK. I watch um, Calvin Johnson a lot, like big receivers most of the time. Um, but other than them, I watch people like uh, – I actually watch Tank Dell, even though he just got in the league. But I know him and his footwork is, is very good. Mm-hmm. So I try to um, learn from that footwork and DeAndre Hopkins. In last season, UTSA won 11 games. You guys won the Conference USA Championship. And so, are there any specific goals this year under Coach Trailer as you guys enter your first season in the American? Um, I'd say the goal, uh, the main goal is to stay level-headed. Don't get big-headed just because we won a, a conference championship. It's just like now we're going into a new conference and there's a new champion in town, you know, like regarding like Tulane and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But not just them. We got to think every think of every team and not just underestimate any team that's in this new conference and just play each one hard to get. And you mentioned earlier that you're from Texas. And so can you tell me a little bit about your recruitment to UTSA and, and why you ultimately chose the Roadrunners? First, I was committed to um, University of Houston, and um, Dana Hogerson ended up coming in uh, and took over major uh, Applewhite's um, job. So it was like about 25 of us that uh, committed, and we all ended up decommitting because he basically said like he wouldn't have recruited most of us that was in that group that uh, Major Applewhite recruited. So. Some of our some of the uh, scholarships were dropped, and we decommitted and stuff like that. And um, my second, like I guess, spark of recruitment was Kansas. I mean, not Kansas. Um, actually, yeah, Kansas, uh, Illinois, UTSA, and uh, Lamar was in my second hand um, of recruits. So um, I felt like um, on my visit to UTSA. Um, I felt good about it because I wasn't too close to home and I was far enough to where, you know, I could drive, like, if I had a car then, so. 
Well, it seems to have all worked out for you. And, and I mean, the UTSA offense has really come together the last two years. And obviously you're, you're making your way to the NFL a year from now. So that's pretty exciting. Yes, sir. And, and finally, before I let you go, I'm just, if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to ask seven more fun, rapid fire questions if you're up for it. Yeah, no, you're fine. All right, perfect. So is there a reason you wore number 88 and is there a reason you switched to number one? It actually was. Um, my whole life, I've been. I was raised as a Cowboys fan, so <laughs> I I went through everybody at, that wore eighty-eight as a Cowboys, which was like you know Drew Pearson, um, I think it was Anthony Bryant, and then Michael Irvin, and then Des Bryant, and then CD Lamb, and mm-hmm. I always wanted to be that next person to wear eighty-eight for the Cowboys, but I'm pretty sure that's not uh, <laughs> probably not going to happen. But I mean, I'll be blessed. Um, to do it if that was possible. But um, like I said, I was just raised um, being a Cowboys fan and looking up to them. And when I changed to number one, um, it was because I felt like I was following in uh, their footsteps, basically just by wearing that number and having it um, mean something to the Cowboys instead of a number that means something to me. So I ended up changing it to number one to be my own person. And who's your all-time favorite athlete? LeBron. <laughs> the only reason why he is is just, it's not even about the basketball aspect. To me, it's about um, him as a person, like mm-hmm. outside of basketball, like what he does for his community, his city and everything like that, and also um, him as a dad. Oh, that's a great answer. And what's your favorite lift in the weight room? Favorite lift in the weight room? I would say curls. I love doing curls and bench. I love doing curls and bench. Love that. What's your go-to pump-up song pregame? Seven Nation Army. Oh, wow. you had that ready. Most guys yeah. ha- have to think about it. You're ready. I love it. What's your go-to cheat meal? Cheat meal? Cheat meal. Like, okay, like, what do you mean by cheat meal? Like, if you're you're having a day where you're eating unhealthy, what's the what's the move? Oh, Wingstop for sure. <laughs> What's your number one video game right now? Call of Duty. Modern Warfare. And finally, I'm Canadian, so I've got to ask, what's your favorite thing about Canada? Favorite thing about Canada is probably um, the people there. Hey! They're very, they're very genuine. I love I that. that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for giving me your time today, Decor, and I really appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate you for the invite.